Um, and then the other thing that we will do sometimes is file actually a motion for temporary orders asking the court to uh, award exclusive use to one party or the other. In fact, I just did a hearing the other day um, about that issue because the, neither one wanted to move. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously the party that was paying the bills didn't want to move. Um, and the other party was just refusing to cooperate. So. Hey y'all, Katie here with Team Evo AZ at EXP Realty in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Welcome to our show, Real Estate Fitness, where we keep your real estate muscle strong by sharing tips and tricks to help you navigate the real estate world. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, we are back with another episode of Real Estate Fitness, where we keep that real estate muscle strong. And we are here with a guest. Dana, not Dana. Dana's not our guest. Dana's our co-host. <laughs> Hi, Dana, our co-host. Hi, you guys. Good to see you. You too. You too. We've never had a guest before on this show. So Annette, you're our very first. Thank you so much. We should have had a prize for her or like a bouquet of roses or something be handed to her. <laughs> Virtually. We can, we can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. We have Annette today with us. She is with Cox Sandoval Law here in the Phoenix area. And uh, Annette and I have worked together in the past. She's awesome. She's really a killer at what she does, guys. Don't let her beautiful and sweet exterior, uh, you know, <laughs> confuse you because she's a rock star in the courtroom. I know that for a fact. Welcome, Annette. Thank you. So good to be here. I'm glad to have you. So we're going to dive right into it. Um, you know, conversations that we've had with our team between Dana and I and a little bit with you, Annette, is... The divorce is on kind of the lips of, of, of a lot out there and it's happening everywhere around us. And a lot of people have um, questions about property because they've accumulated things during their, their relationship, right? And a lot of times they've accu accumulated a home or more than one, even in some cases. Um, and right, like I'm, I'm sure you see all across the board, all kinds of things. Um, and I would imagine that as somebody's kind of contemplating going through this and getting ready, getting set up, that property, since it's such a big asset, is like a super big deal. And what do we do with this property? What, how do we divide this? How is this going to look? So that's what you're here for, Annette. I answer those questions every day, um, literally every day. For clients, um, and you know, and and just people wondering what what do I do? What what happens here? So um, it definitely is uh, a main uh, kind of center point for resolving that divorce, you know, or or figuring out what what they're going to do. Well, I would imagine because it's it's such a big deal, not only from the asset standpoint or in the expense standpoint, but we want to live under a roof, right? So like what happens when the family decides that, hey, or, or you know, the couple decides, hey, it's time to split. Who stays in the house initially? That's got to be very, very stressful for both parties. It absolutely is. And sometimes, um, sometimes they don't agree. Uh, but I think if parties between themselves can figure out uh, maybe alternate arrangements, you know, if one person has uh, parents that live in town or a sister that lives in town where they can stay with that family member and, and kind of minimize their 
living expenses, that is always a very good option um, because you have to remember you're taking the income that was supporting one household and soon dividing it into two. And so it can take a little bit of planning to get to that point where um, where people know, okay, well, who's going to keep paying the mortgage? Is it the person that's living in the house or not? And can they afford to maintain a separate apartment or townhome or, or, you know, or do they have to live with family? So um, it's definitely an issue to try to sort out. And if you can do it by agreement, that's excellent. Um, there are situations though that might require court intervention. Um, one might be if there's been domestic violence. Uh, so there is the option of getting an order of protection, which could award one person exclusive use of the house um, and, and protect that address. Uh, that's a pretty fast way of actually getting someone out. Um, and then the other thing that we will do sometimes is file actually a motion for temporary orders asking the court to uh, award exclusive use to one party or the other. In fact, I just did a hearing the other day um, about that issue because the, neither one wanted to move. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously the party that was paying the bills didn't want to move. Um, and the other party was just refusing to cooperate. So we have had to get a court order and, and that can happen sometimes, but uh, reaching an agreement on that issue is definitely gonna make it a, a faster um, move. Uh, getting a court order will take a little bit of time. So I'm hearing, hey, if you can play nicey nice and come up with yeah. something that works for both parties, do yes. that, that's better. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. Just, just the timing, you know, it, it can take 30 days to get a hearing with the court, another 30 days to actually get a trial. Um, and then sometimes up to, well, they the judges actually have up to 60 days to rule if they really wanted to take wow. that time. So it, it could take a while. Wow, so that could be a stressful amount of time. I mean, 60 days is quite a while when you're kind of living in limbo. Right, and when you're not getting along with the person you're living with, it's, yeah. it's even worse. Yeah, yikes, I can imagine. So what happens if both parties want to keep the property? Let's just say we're talking about one home. Uh, you know, they want to keep the family home after the divorce. So both both parties want to do that. So then I think the big question is going to be, can they both mm -hmm. actually qualify to refinance the mortgage, assuming that there's a mortgage on it? And could they buy out the other party's interest somehow? Um, it's often rare to actually have two parties that are in that financial position to, to do that. Um, I think in, in a situation where you do have a dispute and both parties can qualify, both parties can buy out the other person, then I think you're looking at a situation where the court will likely order it to be sold and then they're gonna come in as buyers. Mm. So um, yeah, it, it, it could end up being uh, a bit of a, a fight. Um, but at that point, it's not necessarily um, a, a legal fight. It would end up being like a bidding war. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And again, if you can play nicey nice, right? Yes. And come up with yes. three minutes, it's so much better and easier <laughs> right, and right. less stressful. <laughs> right. But typically, I, I will say most of the time, there's only one party who's able to do that. And if they are looking at trying to buy out the other person's interest, 
then we get into a debate about, well, what's the value? You know, mm. how, how do we value this property? And right now with the market fluctuating, um, that's been a sticky issue too. Do you typically reach out to agents like Dana and I for that information or is it full-blown appraisal or what's that typical process? Uh, typically it is a full-blown appraisal. Yeah, um, it. It's Yeah, it's better if we can get the parties to agree on doing one, but it can sometimes result in we've got one appraisal that says X and another appraisal that says Y and, and, and we're debating between the two. So um, yeah. It, it's it's not necessarily an easy number to, to figure out and agree on. Yeah, and that's a little time consuming too because now you got to send the appraiser out and, and sounds like you got two going out and now you have to you know get those reports back and compare those reports. So um, more time and, and probably stress involved in that as well. But hey, I mean, nobody said divorce wasn't stressful, right? No. <laughs> Nobody's there was a way to make it not stressful, I... I <laughs> I would do <laughs> I try. I try to make it not stressful for my clients. <laughs> Same thing here. I mean, nobody said right? buying or selling a house was not stressful. Okay. No one said it. Um, but again, we, we do our best to try and make it as easy as possible. I think it's one of like, think what you and I do is one of the top three most stressful things like in life. Um, yeah. But anyway, how's the sale handled and how is that process usually decided? Well, I think uh, if the parties can agree, that again becomes becomes a key. You know, they can agree on a realtor, um, agree on a list price. Obviously, um, you know, ho hopefully with the input of their listing agent. Um, and sometimes people can just kind of handle it on their own, but other times we might have to get the court involved. You know, I. I I don't know if you recall, but the case that you were involved with, we had to actually file a motion, submit a blind list, um, and mm -hmm. have the court pick you as the realtor. And so uh, that's, you know, that's obviously in a situation where they they couldn't agree. It took a little longer. Um, I think in the end, uh, once it's listed, then the parties are they're not really involved. So I think the sale goes a little easier. Um, but of course they're debating about the price. They're debating mm -hmm. about the stuff that might be left behind. Um, oh, yes. Yes. And we just try to, we just try to help them sort it out, um, and be realistic, you know, really like if you're fighting over mm -hmm. a few things that aren't worth much, it, it may not be worth the fight. So. It, right. It could very much not make sense, especially if that's holding up an entire listing and the market is changing all the while. So right. you could be squabbling over, you know, grandma's rocker, who's going to get that and the market starting to dip or things are starting to change in the market or we're starting to come into maybe, you know, a season where things slow down typically. So that's always something to think about too, when you're like this and you're fighting, mm -hmm. it takes time to make these decisions is what it sounds like on your end. And then for me, that just prolongs your, your marketing time. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, I try to help my clients see the big picture. You know, is it better to have the, you know, grandma's rocker or is it better to have the sale proceeds in your pocket? So yeah, yeah. True. let's think about it from a bird's eye view, right? Yeah. How are the proceeds typically divided? Uh, so I think it will depend on the ownership interest in the home, 
assuming that the house is completely a community asset, it's it needs to be divided 50-50. Um, however, there are circumstances where people will choose to use the um, sale proceeds or a portion of the proceeds to offset other assets. So sometimes we have to do calculations based upon what other uh, pieces of property or maybe bank accounts and things. If, if they're trying to equalize all of those, it's easy to take um, that equalization payment out of a person's proceeds. Uh, so we try to figure all of that out um, before the house sells. So that way we can make sure that each person is getting paid the proper uh, percentage. But otherwise, typically it would be 50-50. Um, if the house may have been purchased prior to the marriage, uh, then we might have to do some other calculations to figure out what the community lien is or the community contribution uh, to that house was. Um, and that will change the numbers. So 50-50 uh, is a good starting point, but there are different calculations that might need to be done depending on the other assets. Got it. And with that 50-50, that means they're paying the, the closing costs and everything 50-50 typically too, right? So it's not like one person has to burden all of the fees and then the proceeds are split 50-50. It's kind of all right. of it is, right? Right. Right. Good to know. I think people get nervous about that and, and have that question quite a bit. Um, any other tips or anything else stick out to you that our audience based on this topic in terms of, you know, having a home to sell and going through a divorce, anything that they should know? Uh, I, I would say, you know, I think one of the underlying messages here is if you can reach an agreement, it will help. So I think to the extent that um, parties can be professional with each other and try to separate out the emotion from the house uh, and, and just make more maybe logical or rational decisions, they'll be better off in the long run. I know that's hard to do when it's a home. You know, it's not just a, a, a building. It's not just a structure. Um, but I, one of the things I tell my clients is, you know, if, if, especially if kids are involved, they might be upset. Like, I don't want to move them and this is their right. home. Well, you know, home is really where mom and dad are. And so I try to remind them, like, even if that house has to sell, the kids are going to feel at home wherever mom and dad land. So um, if they can be a little more logical about it, they'll be better off. Uh, if they can be a little more agreeable about it, they'll, they'll be better off. That's a really great point. And I think, you know, in those times, and I've been there before, I went through a divorce, I think you kind of are feeling such a sense of loss in so many areas that you just want to grab on to whatever you can. I can totally relate with that. How about you, Dane? I can too. I've been through a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you understand. It's like when, when you feel like the world's kind of crashing around you, mm -hmm. is anything normal or, or anything familiar that you can hold on to. I don't know. That's kind of how I felt. For yeah, sure. you're absolutely right. I think, you know, cause it's a home base actually for, for most people and, um, and divorce is, is definitely a, a loss. So there's a grief process that they have to go through. And, um, I think the sooner they can try and separate out the emotion from the kind of business decision that they have to make on the house, They'll, they'll be better off in the long run. 
Yeah, totally agree. Even though, again, at the time, you might feel like you just want to do everything in your power to stick in the knife and twist it. It's, <laughs> it's not in your best interest. No, no. yeah. Try Try to avoid the knife twisting. Yeah. <laughs> the knife in the drawer where it belongs. <laughs> little things that I want to share just about just from my perspective when uh you know when Dana and I are working with couples that are unfortunately in this particular situation I just want to be really really clear that um you don't have to feel uh if, if you're going through this and you're working with us you don't have to feel like you need to communicate at all as far as as far as I'm concerned um you don't have to communicate in person by phone digitally you know Nobody's going to be copied on the same email that the other spouse is copied on. I keep it separate, but you're all getting the same information. So you each have Dana and I separately and you don't have to come together. And I think that people kind of worry about that. They're like, I, hey, I don't want to be on the phone with him or her. I don't want to be, you know, copied on an email. I don't want because things happen. And, you know, behind the scenes that maybe I'm not privy to because something was triggered based on maybe a message that I sent or an email that I sent that's strictly about real estate, but still, who knows what triggers people out there. So I just want you all to feel comfortable with that. And then also Dana and I deliver very, very in-depth marketing reports and communication logs. So you're going to know, you're going to have all of that for your records. You're going to know exactly what was done to market your home, who was in it, um, who we spoke to, and all of that information is delivered exactly the same to both parties, which I think is super important. So I just want to share that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything else that either of you ladies would like to add before we go? Um, just per on a personal note, it's my four-year-old's birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> it grows so fast. It's so crazy. Mine's going to be nine in a couple of months. And I'm like, bro, what happened? <laughs> I don't know how that happened. All right. No, and that, well, congratulations really for that. I hope you get some time off to celebrate a little bit later with your little. Um, and if our audience members would like to chat with you, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but are you still doing a 30 minute consultation? Tell yeah, us a little bit about that and then how we can get in touch. Uh Everyone can just, if, if someone wants to set up a consultation, they can call our office. It's 480-405-2416 um, or send me an email, message us on Facebook, um, whatever is the easiest, we can reach back out and get them in. So uh, I like doing the consultations. I like chatting with people. And um, even if they don't choose to hire me, I want to make sure that they get going in the right direction. So um, information is, is valuable. And, and we offer that for, for, for free for half an hour. <laughs> That's awesome. And I can attest guys, she is the best around. So definitely get in touch with her. If you've got any question, if you're, maybe you're not even quite there yet, you're just kind of thinking that it might go that route and you want to get prepared. Annette is your girl. Thank you guys all so very much. Hop on over to our YouTube channel. We are at team Evo AZ. And you can just slide right down on the homepage to our playlist, Real Estate Fitness, where again, we keep that real estate muscle in check. Right, Dana? You know it, you guys. And thank you, Annette, for joining us today. This was really helpful. Thank you so much, Annette. Bye, guys. Bye.